Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star. As we wrap up the series we've been in in the book of Hebrews, we've spent the last 22 weeks in this book, and I don't know about you, but there's been so many little truths in there that probably if I hadn't have walked through it like we walked through it, I would have just missed and, and, and brushed over. And today, this writer finishes super strong. So I want you to take your Bibles, if you would, turn to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 13. If you got your Bibles, if you've got the North Star app, you can go to North Star Church, Georgia to download the app. All the sermon notes are there in the app. Um, you also were given a worship guide on the way in. That will be our guide as we work along together this morning. So let me wrap up the past 21 weeks and where we've been, okay? Here, here's where we've been. Jesus is worth it. That's, that's what the whole book's about. The whole book of Hebrews is about Jesus is worth it. He's worth more than the angels. He's worth more than the prophets. He's worth more than the tough times that you're facing. You may be new to the faith and all of this is brand new and you're, and you're like this group of believers and you're going, man, I'm going through some hard times now. Is it really worth keeping on with Jesus? The writer would go, yes, he is worth it. Don't stop moving. Don't stop growing and don't stop going. God has something for you. He is worth what the whole book has been about. And today, he begins to zero in on the finish line. So as we read this together today, would y'all stand with me in honor of reading God's word together? Hebrews chapter 13, we're going to start reading down in verse number 7. If you've got your uh, Bible, look along. If you do not have your Bible, look up at the screen and we will, we will coach you along with the slides that are up there. If you're new to Norster, every now and then I may ask you to read back, making sure you're not standing up asleep. All right, here we go. Hebrews 13. Verse 7, Remember, look at what he says first. Remember your who? What does he say there? Leaders. Leaders. Today, of all the messages we've probably ever done at North Star, we're going we're gonna to spin this perspective. Typically, every week is about you and your faith. This week is going to be about me and, and, and our team and our faith and how we do this thing together. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life. And what, what does it say? And do what with their faith? What's the word? Imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't be led away by diverse or strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, to let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. So basically all that little section is talking about the separation that's happened and is happening in their journey. Verse 14, for we have no lasting city. But we seek the city that is to what? Our help. We seek the city that's to what? Meaning what's here now isn't going to last. But the city that's to come is everything. And we bear the reproach 
of those that endured, verse 15, through him that I must continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of the lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Obey your leaders and submit to them for they're keeping watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning that we would be of no advantage to you. Verse, verse 18, look what he says. Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience desiring to act honorably in all things. I urge you the more earnestly to do this in order that I may be restored to you sooner. Now be the God of peace who brought again from the death of our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I appeal to you, brothers, bear with my word of exhortation, for I have written to you briefly. You should know that our brother Timothy has been released, with whom I shall see you if he comes. Greet all your leaders and all the saints, so those who come from Italy, send your greetings. Grace be with all of you. Would you pray with me? Right where you're standing this morning, Compass, True North, Patio, our online family that's tuning in. Man, would you just take a second, would you ask God to show you how to pray today? Would you? Say, God, show me how to pray. Direct me how to pray. And would you pray that he would show you what you need to know this morning? Would you pray that? You may be on the front end of faith, not even in the, in the body of faith, but you're going, I'm, I'm interested, I want to know more. Pray that you may be in the faith. To pray that he would show you what he wants you to know this morning. God, we give you us. Pull up a chair. Peek into our lives. Speak to us. Remind us and encourage us of how we should pray and what we should pray for. And Father, that is my prayer, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before you're seated, we know this is a very divine month on the calendar. It's March Madness. All right, we do know that, uh, that that's going on, and I heard a rumor that my alma mater, Liberty, is playing tonight. And because I have the microphone, I need a little bit of help, all right? And so, if you would, take a second and turn around and say, go Flames to three people. You don't even know what you're talking about, but it works. God honors it. Three people, go Flames, or you can be seated. All right, all right, all right. I just want y'all to know God heard your prayers, all right? And we need a win tonight. I got Virginia Tech Hokie sitting right down here giving me trouble, all right? And so, but we're really glad you're here today. Let me tell you what today's about. Is this writer, whoever it was, ends the sermon letter. He begins to focus in on what matters and what lasts. You know, we've been at this church 22 years I've been, thankfully, been a part of North Star since before the beginning and, and, and for the duration. So before it became an official church, you should have heard all the names that we thought of instead of North Star. It's crazy. I don't even remember them. They were terrible. But anyway, so what I remember our pastor, Ike, who was the pastor at the time, came back and he had, been, he had been away at a cabin praying and he said, I got outside and I looked up at the North Star and I went, that's what I want to be. I want a church that is there to help guide people home. 
That was how the, the name came about. We're like, man, that's, that's really good. If you heard the other ones, you wouldn't even come here. All right, and so we're really, really glad. But you know, we're only as strong as our leaders. Any organization, teams, city governments, business, weak leadership, weak team. You can have, you can have a great team with a weak leader and the, and the people splinter off. Well, church is no different. Weak leadership, weak team. And, and today, this writer takes these new believers to the faith. This is all new to them. And he, he turns their faces and he says, there's some things you need to know for you to get where you need to go. We need that you're praying for those leaders. So today is, is selfish in some ways, but it's a great reminder. It's a great reminder of how we're all in this thing together, right? Well, then how do we pray for church leaders? He, he lays it out as we break apart. You got a pen, pencil, something to write with this morning. I want you to jot down a couple thoughts. Pray that we would always keep it about Jesus, number one. Pray that we'd always keep it about Jesus. So back at the beginning of North Star, there used to be a phrase. So our, our mission now is to help people find their way home. But back then, it was, it was, we had a different mission statement. It was great. It was a great one for that season of life. And it was, we want to show God's love in such a way. And I know there's a lot of old timers still in the room. We want to show God's love in such a way that people would exchange. Anybody remember? Ordinary living for a through the transforming power of Jesus Christ. If you answer correctly, you don't have to come to church next Sunday. Congratulations. You get a pass, get out of jail free card, all right? And so it's pretty good. Through the transforming power of Jesus Christ, the mission of this church has always been about Jesus, all right? And, and here's why. North Star Church will never change your life. I hope it's a great experience, but we can't change. Coming to North Star does not make you a Christian. Y'all do know that, right? Going to a garage does not make you a car. Going to McDonald's does not make you a hamburger. All right? And so going to the physical place does not make you a Christian. Meeting Christ is what makes you a follower. Would y'all agree with that? Pray that we always keep it about Jesus. If there's ever a day you walk through the doors of this church and, and there's a person, I pray it's never me or one of our current team, and they're standing here telling you something that's not out of the Bible, you need to go. If they go, you know what, the Bible's really irrelevant, we're going to shelve it for a while, we've got a, a new book that's out, we think this new book's the better way, you need to go. Look at what he says. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Jesus Christ, look at what he said, is the same, help me, Yesterday, help me, today and what? Don't be led away. So I come from a, I come from a line of, of faith in my family. My grandparents, I know they went to church. My mom and dad went to church and my family's raised my children to go to church. And one day God leads my kids to get married. They'll pray that they raise their kids to go to church. But things have changed my grandmother's church wasn't like North Star. My grandmother would not like North Star. All right, I'm just going to tell you right now. Music's too loud, smoky. I mean, it would have been all kinds of stuff. My mama didn't necessarily like it either, and she let me know a couple times, all right? And so, um, but, but what's the same? Jesus. 
musical styles have changed. But Jesus is the same. True? You know, I think back, I remember an era in church. How many of you remember an era in church when you got up on Sunday morning and you were a man, you put on a coat and tie to go to church? Raise your hand if you remember that. Ladies, you didn't wear slacks. You wore a skirt to church. How many of y'all are thankful we've been delivered from that era, all right? And so I, I, I rebel constantly against that era. And so uh, if I am in a suit, I'm either marrying you or burying you, all right? One of the two. I, I don't wear them on Sunday mornings. So, but what's unchanged? Jesus. The Jesus my grandmother and grandfather knew is the same Jesus I know. Pray that we keep it about Jesus. You know, the longer time goes, the easier it is to make it about other things or a fad or a trend. Jesus is a polarizing person. It's okay to, to be in Hollywood and go, man, I want to pray that God would, that, that's okay because that's pretty universal. But the minute you say Jesus, it, it begins to divide the ranks. Pray that we always keep it about Jesus. Number two, pray that we would live a life worthy of imitation. So this writer, as he's, as he's delivering this, this letter and sermon to this early group of Christ followers, remember, none of them have physically seen Jesus. None of them have heard his audible voice, but yet they've all met him through faith. I've never seen Jesus. I've never heard Jesus audibly. I pretty much bank on neither of you. If you have... Come see me after the service. I might let you speak next week, all right? And so I, I have not. But look at what he says. Consider the outcome of their way of life, and here's the word I want you to underline or circle in your Bible, and imitate their faith. Pray that our leaders here would live a life worthy of imitation. So I want, I want to talk about that real quick. My kids now, they're, 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 so my daughter turned 22 a day, two days ago. Um, we've been celebrating for a month, so, but I'm, and so I, I forget. So she's turned 22, Casey's going to turn 25 in April. So we're on the back end of that season of parenting. You never stop. How many of y'all are parenting kids in their 20s and 30s? Raise your hand if you're a parent, All right? You never stop being their parent. Can we agree with that? I found out yesterday we're still paying one of Casey's bills. How he slid that sucker in, I don't know. And goes, did you know we're still paying this? I went, no, but that's going to be his birthday gift. All right, and so congratulations. That's your new bill. All right, and so anyways, that has nothing to do with it. But, but when, our kids, when our kids were growing up, you used to hear this phrase all the time, preacher's kids. Don't let your kid hang out with the preacher's kid. You ever heard that before? Some of y'all knew the preacher's kid. All right, and so... Um, I worried about that. I worried that my kids would see something on Monday that was different than what I said on Sunday. And I wanted them to grow up and go, my dad would live like that, my mom would live like that if they were a banker or they were a construction or they were teaching or coaching. I wanted them to be able to imitate my faith to follow Jesus. You know, Paul said in the New Testament, you want to follow Jesus? Just walk in my footsteps. 
I got a question for you today. If people followed your footsteps, would they take people to Jesus? It's one thing to have a title that you're a pastor on a staff, but it's a whole nother thing to imitate Christ in everything we do. Yeah, I think about that a lot. I, I know a lot of you from North Star, but I know a lot of you from school events and community events and ball or, or you were in my youth group or whatever it was years ago. And I, and I think back, man, when that season, when that time, when that thing happened, was I living a life worthy of imitation? If people followed me there and I wasn't standing up and speaking, was I walking towards Jesus? That's a prayer we all have to pray. Pray that we would live a life worthy of imitation. Moms and dads in this room, look at me. Your kids, your kids will long forget what you said. They will never forget what you did. You can read them the Bible. That's awesome. Show it to them how you live. Show it to them by how you walk out your daily life. Number three, pray that we would keep pointing towards home. Pray that we would keep pointing towards home. For we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to what? All right, help me out. We seek the city that is to what? I hope, and let me just say this. I hope all of you are uber successful in this life. I want you to do super well. I really do. I hope you climb the ladder. I hope you make the mark. I pray you make all your sales metrics. I pray your books sell real well and, and your podcast goes great. And, and I pray this world's all you want it to be. But y'all do know this world isn't all that there is. Everybody does know that, right? This world isn't all that there is. I mean, Mike Trout signed the, the largest contract in sports last week. $420 million. That's unbelievable. But here's the deal. At the end of the day, when this life's over, you leave everything. We live for a world to come, don't we? So this, this weekend um, was, a, was a crazy one. We had a, a funeral on Friday and a funeral yesterday and a wedding last night. And I was at the wedding last night. I was talking to a lady who I did her husband's funeral a year ago, and she's like, how in the world do you get through weekends like that? And here's my response. I get through weekends like that because the person I'm doing the service for is doing better than all the people I'm talking to. We don't live for this world. We live for the world to come. I think they look back at us and, and we're going, God, I wish you would send them back. And they're looking at God going, please don't send me, right? I don't want to, don't answer that prayer. I don't want to go back. Because we don't live for this world. We live for the world to come. Well, if that's really real, how many of y'all today believe heaven's real? Raise your hand. I do. I bank my life on it. Well, if heaven's really that real and God's word's really true, do I daily point people home? Do I daily, with my life, tell and point people to what matters? Do I invite people to come with me? See, we live in a, in a phenomenal community. We've got North Metro right down here. We've got uh, Riverstone right over there. We've got 
uh, Cedar Crest right over here, Freedom right over here, Westridge right over here, Cobb Vineyard right over here, and these guys are my best friends in the world. We got phenomenal churches out getting it done. But what if, what if we lived like if we didn't say something, who would? What if we live that way? It could change, it could change somebody's eternity. So I got a question for you. Everybody look at me. Who in your life and who am I in my life? Who am I pointing towards home? Who am I pointing towards home? Today at the end of our service, right out in our compass lobby. For those of you in True North, you're going to have one next week. We've got this big map. I want you all to look at it. They're going to put it up on the screen. It's a big map in a 20-mile radius around North Star. And there are these little stars. I want you at the end of this service today to go take a sticker and point it to the place, put it on the place in our area, in our community that you said, here's where I work, here's where I serve, here's where I live, here's where I go to school, here's where I go to college, and this is where I'm going to point somebody home this Easter season. I'm going I'm to invest in them, and I'm going to invite them. And that's a 20-mile. I had a guy in here with me early. He said, I live outside the 20 miles. I said, you can't come to North Star anymore. I'm sorry, buddy. All right, so, but anyways, it's a little 20-mile circle. I'll have to come up with a new map for him. But just take that sticker and put it on there. Because, ladies and gentlemen, what good is it to celebrate a risen Savior if we never tell anybody about it? What good is it for me to stand up on a Sunday morning and tell you all this, but daily in my life not point somebody home? Keep pointing people home. Number four, pray that we would stay servant-minded and others-focused. Pray that we would stay as a church servant-minded in others focus you know one of our there's, there's two core values it's not about us and no strings attached I pray we never stop living that way today I was walking the halls before the early service and people were just streaming in with baskets for the big give this week it's one of my favorite things about North Star I showed up here for an event last week and there were hospitality team members here on a Tuesday night standing out waving in the parking lot welcoming people in servant minded and others focused I pray we never lose that I pray we never get to the point we ask people to serve us but it's about us serving them look at what he said do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are what to God what does it say Pleasing. You never look more like Jesus than when you serve and when you give. It was the hallmark of his life. Number five, pray that we would lead out of joy, not out of, not out of obligation. Pray that we would lead out of joy. Ministry get old sometimes? Sure, it can. Can people get on your nerves sometimes? Sure. I pray that it's always a joy. I pray you never come up to one of our staff and say, I need you to pray for something. They're like, what now? Right? I pray that they never say that. Oh, good Lord. What do you got again? Have you ever, how many of y'all have ever been through a drive-thru when you could tell they really didn't want to take your order? Have y'all ever been through one of those drive-thrus and you're placing your order and they're like, 
And they don't get anything, they don't even hear you. You're just giving them orders and they're giving you Dr. Pepper when you want a Diet Coke and they're giving you a burger when you wanted a sandwich. I mean, all kinds of stuff. And it's an obligation. Oh, I'm just trying to put in my time. There's one, I said this in the first service and it made Ann mad, but I'm gonna say it again, she's not in here. All right, but there's one restaurant on Friday nights after high school football games, they cut their lights off at nine so kids won't come through the drive-thru because they're, they're open, but they don't want to look open. So I'll go just to irritate them, all right? And so I go, I'm like, be like, because I know they're open. But you go through Chick-fil-A, and what do they say when they give you your order? My what? Pleasure. They seem like it too, don't they? It's a joy, not an obligation. That's why their cars wrapped around it at 9 o'clock at night. They're just wrapped around the building. 7 a.m. on a Friday is like Christmas. I mean, there's people everywhere. It's unbelievable. It's a joy, not an obligation. I pray for our staff and for me, this is always a joy. I remember when our, our kids were growing up, I shared a little bit of this. The other week, our kids were growing up and people, you know, we'd be out at a restaurant and somebody would stop by and our kids were eight and five and people would stop by the table during dinner and want to say something. The kids would roll their eyes. Oh my gosh. People keep stopping, stopping by the table. Dad, you know everybody. You know, all this stuff. And I remember one night, I remember where we were and I looked at him. I said, you do understand if I pastor in this community, and I've lived here as long as I've lived, and nobody knows us and nobody stops by our table, means you will not have anything to eat. You understand, they're like, yes, sir. All right, so it's a joy. I pray it's always a joy. Yesterday was a long day, but it was an honor to stand for those families at a wedding and a funeral. I pray it always stays a joy. Not obligation. Listen, there's times we all get selfish and we all get tired and we all don't want to do this. Look at, look at what he said. Let us do this with joy, not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. And finally, number six, pray that we would keep depending on God. We can't manufacture excitement. We can't manufacture energy. We can't manufacture, well, we're just gonna, we're just gonna grow exponentially. That's, that's not our job. Our job is to be faithful to the word of God and to be faithful to the things that God has called us to and keep walking towards Jesus. That's our job. And I pray we always depend on him. How do we depend on him? Here's the word I want you to write out beside it. We pray. Prayer is the utter dependence that I can't, he can pray we never stop depending on God. Grace be with all of you. I remember that, that time of North Star when literally it was so new. We couldn't, <laughs> the, the numbers weren't adding up. And I checked the mail to see if a check had come in because we were dependent on that coming in, we would pray. Our staff would gather and we would pray. I remember gathering in our old offices off Cobb Place Boulevard to pray that one day God would get rid of the debt when we had lots of it. God answered that prayer because we depended. I pray we never stop depending on him. Mike, what's the future at North Star gonna be like? Here's my question. How much are we willing to pray for? If we show up on Sundays and think it's going to happen, it's not going to happen. 
North Star will only go as far as the prayers of those who go before. So I got a little selfish request for you. And people ask me all the time, Mike, how can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? I got something. I want you to pray I finish well. Um, turned 50. This year was a number I didn't want to see coming. All right. But it started to get to you a little bit. You're like, all right, I am, I'm on the, I got a good friend that used to be called the gun lap. I'm on the gun lap. I'm in ministry. And I don't have 40 years ahead of me anymore. I've got a few. I want to finish well. There, there's a family. So my mom grew up in a little town called Harrelson, Sonoy. And there's a little church down there called Harrelson Baptist that she grew up in. The pastor, when she was growing up, was named Bill Suttles, Dr. Bill Suttles. If you went to Georgia State University's in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, you probably knew Dr. Suttles. He was president, provost, vice president. But he was for 50 years, he was with Georgia State. But he was also a bivocational pastor. He and his wife, Lynette, Never had children, but everyone they met became their child. I'm just telling you that they were like family to my family. My grandparents would have them over every Sunday after church, would feed them, would take what they had in the garden, their best, give it to Mr. Miss Suttles, Dr. Miss Suttles, before they drive back to Atlanta. I remember Miss Suttles telling me one day, she said, Mike, I believe that the reason God's blessed you so much with having such great churches to love you and your family so well is a direct correlation to your grandparents loving us so well. And I believe that. I, I remember Dr. Suttles, the year he passed, and I went to the funeral service. I've mentioned it before. Truett Cathy spoke. The governor at that time, I don't remember who it was, spoke. I think Joe Frick Harris spoke at his service and they were telling the story. They said every day Dr. Suttles would take, he'd get up and they'd iron two shirts. One he would wear from the time he got to work to lunch. Then after lunch, he would put on a crisp new white dress shirt with his tie for the afternoon because he wanted to be as good in the afternoon as he was in the morning. And the person speaking at the funeral said, and Lynette ironed both his shirts every day so he would look his best and I'll never forget as long as I live I'll sit in the back row of this little church and I'll never forget Miss Suttle standing up going and it was my honor I'll never forget it as long as I live Dr. Suttle's passed and since then Miss Suttle's I mean I don't know of a family event she doesn't come to of ours she's just part of our family she comes to all our Christmas gatherings I got a call two weeks ago that Miss Suttles was in hospice. Random, we just found out crazily. Drove down to Southwest Hospice and Union City, Ann and I did. And that precious lady, precious. I'll say this. I've met lots of people in ministry. Lots. I'd say in the hundreds of thousands in my 28 years in this. The most Christ-like woman I've ever known. Ever. I went down there and that sweet little lady sitting in that bed and I walked in that door and she looked up and she took my hand and she took Ann's hand and she just 
began to talk to us. First thing she said, she said, she's in her 90s. She says, you know I'm so ready to go, Mike. I'm so ready. And I said, I know, Miss Suttles. She said, I'm ready to see Jesus. I know I'm going to see him soon. She knows, she said, and I know I'm going to see my bill. I said, I know you are, Miss Suttles. She said, and when I see your mom and daddy, when I go through them, I'll tell them you said hello. I said, I know you will, Miss Suttles. And I'm a mess at this. I cry at Publix commercials, so I'm a mess. At this point in the conversation, I'm a mess. Just bawling. She said this. She said, Mike, Bill and I were never able to have children. She begins to tell me a story. I didn't know the story. I never had heard. She said, I remember the day that he took me down to the lake in our neighborhood in East Point and said, Lynette, God's got a different plan. And every child that comes through your classroom and every child that comes through Georgia State University are going to be our children. And we're going to point them towards him. And she looks up with these steely little blue eyes. She said, you know, five of my children ended up being pastors. One of them's coming to see me tonight. She said, I sat at the funeral of one of them when he grabbed my hand and said, Miss Suttles, you're my mom now. She said, Mike, those kids were my mission. I wanted them to know the love of Jesus through me. I said, yes, ma'am. And then she squeezed Ananias' hands in only the way that she could. She started to sing that old hymn, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold or anything this world could ever give. We walked out of that room. We prayed with her. She prayed for us. I got in my truck bawled like a baby and looked at Ann and we both said this to each other that's how I want to finish she lived for Jesus she loved for Jesus she longed for Jesus and yesterday at 4.30 she went home to be with Jesus and I know he was there and I know my mom and dad were standing there stronger than most people live in their best if we live that way as leaders and as people and moms and dads and husbands and wives we will be the people he created us to be would you pray with me with a selfish prayer first you pray for our church, would you? Would you pray that God would continue to protect us? Would you pray for our staff? Would you pray that be godly moms and dads and husbands, wives? Would you pray that we lead out of a joy, not out of an obligation? 
pray for that person in our community that came to your heart and mind this morning that you need to invite. Would you pray for them? I'm going to ask you something super selfish, but I need it. Would you pray that I'll finish well? With kindness and humility? With joy, not obligation? God, we can't do this without you. We need you. There's not a time of the day or an hour of the day that we can we can make it without you. God, may we live that way daily.